Welcome to The Thinking Tree, a podcast to help believers renew their minds and reform their hearts. I'm Adam Sanchez. And I'm Jeff No. And today we are talking about overcoming weariness. All right. Well, Jeff, we're not alone tonight. We have friends. We have wonderful friends. Good we, do. we have our better halves here, right? So we have my lovely wife, Jess. Hello. And we have Jeff's lovely wife, Tanya. Hi. And we are going to take on this topic tonight. So the question, oh, do you want to say anything, Jeff? Nope. Okay, you look like you're ready to go. <laughs> nope, you're, you're good. Okay, we're going to take on this question tonight. How do Christians overcome the weariness of life? And so this is a topic that has been uh, pretty, pretty big, I think, in the church for the last several hundred years as we look at the difficulties of life. And, and in our culture, it's been even uh, more predominant with labels. You know, so internationally, mm. I don't see the same labels, but you would classify the same symptoms, difficulties that people face, that being downcast. And even mm. biblically, there are examples of this. So it's not just a new phenomenon, but in our culture, it is more of a phenomena of labeling and, and trying to identify and address it. Uh, so there are things like depressive symptoms and people can read, uh, yeah, you can read a lot uh, about uh, those those observations, but there's there's the nature of worrying about life too. And mm -hmm. we see this, there there are the weary, the weary things come with life. Finances mm -hmm. are often a difficulty, especially here in California. Uh, there can be the, the pressures of life, you know, the school, can be so overbearing. We hear students, I don't know if I can press on because it's so overwhelming. I'm going to flunk this test. My life is going to be ruined. Th those things, mm -hmm. they weigh. Yeah. Uh, the, the scariness of getting married at times mm. or having kids. I, I was just talking to somebody the other day about that. Like, wow, it's a big commitment, you know, a big weight that comes with that. There are difficulties that happen in life. Uh, some of those are difficulties that happen unto us that we're not uh, involved, we're not involved in bringing them to our table. Uh, there are difficulties that we bring to mm -hmm. our own table. Mm -hmm. There's sin that can be done unto us. There's sin that we can do to contribute to things. All that to say, it's, it can be a very complex topic, but the Bible's not silent about Correct. this topic. Even as we've been in the series in the Psalms over and over and over again, whether it's David or other psalmists speaking about how we can walk through the difficulties of life. Uh, I'm thinking about even like how Psalm 32 mm -hmm. talks about David walking through sin right. uh, and the discouragement the sin can bring, feeling like his bones are wasting away. Right. Uh, and Groaning Psalm, all day long. All day long. His vitality being wasted away. Yeah. Yep. yep. Psalm 22, mm -hmm. uh, the tax from others, I remember you, you preached on that. Yep. Uh, and so you're dealing with difficulties that happen unto you. And we were reading as an elder team a while ago in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 about the discouragement that the yep. apostles face, that Paul faced specifically. Um, in in the time and season of bringing the gospel, that they they despaired even to live. It was yeah. a tough time, burden beyond their own strength. They said, yeah. right, and and the affliction that had come upon them, the the difficulties of of carrying this apostolic weight, um, they despaired even of life. Paul said, which is amazing for a guy like Paul, who we all look right? up to, right? Yeah. Right. So it's 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 not uncommon for Christians to struggle in these ways. Amen. And that's the point right here is that this is a common human condition that mm. happens in seasons of life. And so we want to talk about it yeah. tonight. So the first thing we wanted to, to do here, just have a quick discussion on uh, the cautions about inaccurate diagnoses. Uh, when we're looking at weariness, because kind of we, there's a lot of words we could use here. Mm -hmm. We could talk about weariness. We could talk about depression. We can talk about melancholy. There's a lot of ways that we could uh, describe this. But I do think there's a danger of assigning a diagnosis before we really know what it is. 
So if we just say, I'm just depressed, it's like, mm-hmm. well, maybe, but let's, are you discouraged? Right. What does that word mean? Right. right. Yeah. Going through the, the definitions is helpful. Yes. Um, you know, if we were looking at a definition for, for Christian depression, it's going to be different too yeah. than the world's definition. Right. Uh, is it a mental illness? Uh, I would say that, I mean, this is maybe a talk for another time to dive into that, but there are real internal struggles that we face mm-hmm. and we don't have great labels for all of them. The world has decided one way. I would say in general, the word mental illness is kind of a misnomer Mm. that it describes only a disease of the mind, but we can't actually quantify it's a disease of the mind, but they are trying to observe things that are happening to a person. Mm. And some of those we can understand, you know, we look at Alzheimer's, there are some tests that do help to identify something like that. Other things we don't understand very well. You know, the idea of depression or melancholy or being overwhelmed is a harder thing for us to understand what's going on internally. Is it just a heart issue, you know, where there could be sin? Is it an issue of the life situation? Mm-hmm. Is it a physical dynamic where their their body is really struggling? Maybe it's cancer, something's deteriorating. There could be a lot of things yeah. that are going on. Mm-hmm. So just a caution here on the front end, um, we should be mindful. There could be physical dynamics mm-hmm. that could be going on. There could be situations that are going on in life. Uh, that are impacting internal struggles. I generally caution people not to sin hunt uh, and just try to find, well, I must be sinning in a certain way if my life is going so hard. It's like, we could be, but is is the reason you're struggling because you're unrepentant? Like that would be one thing if you're unrepentant. But if that's not the issue, let's try to understand what's going on. You know, yeah. we talk about like one of the general encouragements you constantly give, be in the word. Yeah. You know, be have your your soul, your heart filled with God's word. If it's not, I'm pretty dry, like a dry cistern. I remember yeah. somebody preaching about that recently. About cisterns, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Cisterns. So Any thoughts on that? Thing. Dangers of inaccurate diagnoses? Oh gosh, there's so much. I mean, I, th- I think it's important for us to say, look, we are all struggling in this world we live in right now to some degree. We all wrestle with, I could list so many things, the pace of our lives right now. We're all feeling that. So I think it's good for anybody listening tonight to hear that they're not alone in this, that we're all struggling with the pace of life. We're all struggling with the... The moral deterioration we see happening around us in this world, it, it, it's a heaviness that we're all feeling. Um, I think we're all feeling the um, challenges of the cost of living and inflation right now, which can, uh, we have found, I know Tanya and I found with couples so oftentimes uh, that sadness, that despairing can come because of economic uh, challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the pressure of social media to keep up with people. There's so many things bearing down on people right now. So I would just, first of all, want to say to those listening, you're not alone. Everybody's going through this. It's how you respond to that that really matters. And that's, I think, where we probably need to get to tonight. Right. And I think, too, there's been an exponential jump in this problem. I, I think back like when I was growing up and I mean, I'm, I'm old, but I'm not that old. But I mean, <laughs> I don't remember the pressures of being a high school student yeah. to be so extreme that I would have considered suicide or college just being so unbearable that people are having you know emotional and mental breakdowns. I've never seen quite the extreme of the reactions that are coming from the stress that are on us. And, you know, can we label them all and figure out what all of them are. Jeff just touched on a few. I don't know that we ever could dig to the bottom of that well, Um, but it's true. We're all dealing with it on some level or another. Um, And yeah, we're definitely not alone. When you're in it, you feel like you're alone. And the enemy, like with any other sin, Mm -hmm. tells you to isolate 
tells you to stop talking to people, withdraw, hide. You know, you feel shame, you feel uncomfortable with what you're struggling with. And so in that place, you really don't know that you're not alone, that you don't see that other people are struggling with this stuff. So that's one of the, you know, we'll talk about that in a minute, but it's definitely around us all over the place. Yeah, I think I my interactions are mostly women and then moms in the momosphere. And there is weariness to be had mm. um, in motherhood just by its very nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there is a lot of uh, historically feminism, the push for have it all. Mm-hmm. And uh, we like that. We have lots of desires. I think women... <laughs> Women like a lot of different things and want to do things and socialize, and but we're finite creatures. Yeah. So we right. run up against that. Right. And uh, and then social media has been a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. I I I mean, I grew up with like it became so social media became and then was born and then got big as I was growing up. Uh, it's crazy to think of a time where you only saw the inside of someone's house when you were invited over. Mm. Like now we are just in people's lives yeah, right. and in their houses. The non-messy corners, of course, the best portions um, and that cancer of comparison, I think makes a lot of women weary where they feel like a keeping up with the Joneses, but on a every possible level. Uh, And and it it can be incredibly overwhelming. I think an inaccurate diagnosis, if we're talking about like, what do we see in the world, um, particularly uh, with moms, is this whole, the world's world's solution is self-care. Yeah, right, you hear that a lot. (laughs) Which I might, I might get on a soapbox for a little bit here (laughs) because there's a couple within the, and it's fine. Like get your nails done, have a bubble bath. Amen. It's fine. Like that's fine. I'm not against I'm not against those things, but the world kind of pushes it as a you're just doing so much and so what you need to do is carve out more time for mm, yourself. And yeah. then they say a couple of things that Christians kind of don't know what to say against, right? Like I, you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm. And everyone goes, "Well, yeah, I guess you're right." Um, no, y- you can. You actually can pour mm. from an empty cup. People do it all the time. Mm -hmm. We see women all over the world too, particularly um, like at Children's Hunger Fund where you work, you see moms who are, they literally don't sleep. They work 24 seven and they are pouring from nothing. They literally can. And we all know that even physically, right? When you're like running a race or doing a sport and you're like, I really can't. You get to a point where you're like, I cannot. And then you do. And then you can, right? And then your body pushes through. Like you you can do that. Um, And you can if it's the spirit. Too, right? If it's the spirit that's empowering you, if what you're doing is what you're called to do, if it's the little people that you've been given to minister to, like the spirit supplies us with that strength, you absolutely can. Mm, amen. Oh gosh. And then the other one that gets me is that uh, the airplane analogy. You know that one, Tanya? Mm-mm. Put your own mask on, right? Oh, yeah, Before yeah, you yeah. put oh, on yeah. somebody else's help. mask yeah, yeah. because you can't help them. Um, come on. No. Where's the flag? Where's the flag? <laughs> Penalty flag. I have two children. If we are flying on an airplane, and the pressure drops, I'm not putting my mask on first. Mm. Why? Because I can hold my breath. Right, right, right. <laughs> because I'm not going to, I can not panic when mm. what's going on. I'm going to tell my 10-year-old to hold her breath and I'm going to put it on my five-year-old first and then I'm going to put it on her and then I'm going to put it on me. Like there's no, no. Are no. you allowed to say this? Can't no, you say this? There, yeah, there is no way. I just <laughs> want to call a bluff. Right? I just want to call, the logic just doesn't even make sense. Right. No, right. no, of course I'm going to sacrifice myself to care for the little ones that I love. Of course we are. But the world's going to tell you, you just need yeah. you time. Right, right. You just need to love you. You just need to take care of you. And there's a stewardship that needs to happen, but that's not, the solution is not getting away from your life. Yeah. Um, 
to as a cure for the weariness. All I heard is that I don't have to take baths. That's what I heard. <laughs> you don't okay. have to take yeah. baths. Yeah. Well, Just I mean, I don't fit in a bathtub. I don't fit. That's in a, I don't fit in any <laughs> bathtub. Oh, okay. There's there no bathtub go. made that I, I was like, in. well, I mean, you, you should clean. No, I know. That is a, you know, even the wild animals in Africa go into the Nile and, and cleanse themselves. So, okay. Anyways, nice that got try. a little wild. Going to a mikvah. That's weird. Okay. Uh, okay. So, you know, Jesse, you kind of brought us to to a point here. There's there's a dynamic of self reflection that's good, where we are looking at self. Um, but we are also recognizing there's a balance between saying I I can't anymore or I'm not yeah. able, and saying but God can, uh, mm-hmm. bringing us to that point. So l- I'd love to hear from each of you. What are some encouragements that you would give mm-hmm. to those in our body who are struggling with weariness? Well, yeah, I I actually very much uh, affirm what Jesse said because look, this is what we do in in the culture that we live in. Again, different different era. Tanny and I, I think we would at our age, we've, we've seen things change a great deal. A lot of times we see now people, they bump up against hard things and they feel like they're out of gas, but the reality is they're not, like Jesse said. And so they either start to quit, they get lazy, they turn to an idol to make them happy. They put hard things off. Uh, they do all kinds of things other than just go to the Lord and, and dig in with the spirit and press on and press through because we just, we're just we're not a tough person a tough bunch anymore, if that makes any sense. We tend to, to give up. And, and all, of this, all of the power that you need is available to you as a believer. Um, and trust me, I, 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 I'm not gonna make this about me, but every single week as I'm pushing through to finish my sermon, I feel like I can't do this. I'm running out of gas, I'm tired. It's not as good as I wish it were be, but the Lord presses, helps me to press on. And, uh, and then he carries me through on Sunday morning. And so it is, the resource is there for sure. Right. I mean, and the biblical principle that when we're at the end of ourselves is where God can do, where mm-hmm. God can work. So really when we're at the end of that rope, we need to say, praise God, I finally got here. Right. You know, I'm weary, I'm tired, but now I have to rely on the Lord. I have to lean into him. You know, before, you know, I was spinning, or, you know, whatever it's called, juggling the plates myself. Now it's like, I have to step back and let the Lord. So it's really, it's the sweet spot when you get to that place, but boy, it doesn't feel sweet. It feels overwhelming. It feels intimidating. And it's really a loss of control. I think a lot of it comes down to that. I think that a lot of the anxiety and pressure and weariness comes from I've been controlling and I'm tired and my shoulders aren't built for more control. And so I'm at the end of myself, but that's where God can step in and really work the miracle that you really need him to work at that point. Um, So it is it is the good place to be. Um, I think that for me, I, I, little piddly example, we're going through a lot of um, home repair stuff going on at our house right now. So Jeff and I have not really done this at this level before. I know there's people out there that have built homes and done major remodels, but we've never lived through this. And so it's uptight for us. We're just, uptight is probably the right word, but needlessly so. At the same time, um, every day I am uh, texting with a man who runs Connect2 Ministries, which he has about 150 um, orphans in Haiti mm-hmm. that he houses and helps minister to that have all been saved out of sex slavery. And in Haiti, the the it's just disaster over there and it's very much gang run and the government stepped back. And so these kids are in mortal danger every single day. 
So every single morning when I get up, there's a text from Greg that says, I'm praying for you. How are you guys doing? Mm. And I want to sit there and go, my backyard's bothering me. (laughs) And then I just think, what? The perspective shift to say, what about your kids? The ones that are truly endangered, the ones that truly should feel stressed. And then he sends me a video of them sitting in church and they're just praising the Lord and they look like they are so happy and so encouraged. And I was like, man, I am stupid. I am stressing (laughs) over something that is so insignificant. And it, it, that really is an insignificant thing. And I'm not, I'm not discounting that when people feel very overwhelmed, that it's not always insignificant. I'm not trying to say that, but perspective is everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when yeah. we can step back and say, okay, was there somebody else around me that has cancer and is gonna die today? That's not me. That's not where I'm at. Right. I'm just stressed about this one little thing that's in front of me or these four things that are just overwhelming me. But perspective is so important. And I think that going back to what Jeff was saying, our society as a whole, I think, has just kind of tried to help us all feel like we can solve everything. We can do it on our own. Mm. And if you were to sit down with somebody who is older than you, is wiser than you, who has a better, different perspective and to say, I'm overwhelmed with this. Am I right? Am I wrong? Am I overreacting? That person with their years of experience through life is going to be able to say, you know, this on a scale from one to 10, you're at about a three right now. And let me share how you can get past and not be a three anymore. But you're not a nine. You think you're a nine, but you're not a nine. And I just have lived enough life and seen enough things that the older person can help you with perspective. So if you're not able to get that correct perspective yourself. And don't go on social media for it because that's not the place you'll get it. But if you talk to somebody who's a believer, if you talk to somebody who's older and wiser, they might be able to help you with that. Mm -hmm. I think my biggest encouragement, the discouragement, we've already touched on the social media, it's the looking outward. Uh, The looking inward um, can also be disastrous unless we're guided by the spirit. And so I, I always come back to a place of prioritization for me. Um, It's very helpful that some of the things I say to my kids over and over again, I need to say to myself. And so what is your job is a question Mm. that I ask them all. Or what is your business? Mm. (laughs) Is this your business? It's not your business. You need to go mind your business. So Mm. in terms of feeling weary and overwhelmed to really think what, or, or even anxious, what is my job? What is my business? Spiritually, what am I supposed to be doing right now, right? What are the commands from God's word that are applicable to me and start with myself? Um, Spiritually, right, as my time in the word lacking, that's a command, I need to be doing that. Am I communing, am I praying uh, to the Lord? Am I praying for others? Uh, Am I in fellowship with the body, right? Like Tanya said, we tend to isolate and it's your job and your business to be involved in the body of Christ. And so if you're not doing that, then to adjust to be able to do that, you need to be fulfilling those uh, one another options. And um, and I, I hate, I'm not dissing the self-care things, right? We're going back to the bath, which got weird. Um, <laughs> it's Sorry. perfectly possible to do those things <laughs> in a God glorifying way, right? Yeah. I'm speaking to moms. I feel like mom, right? Men don't like baths, but women tend to, it's relaxing. And if you go and you play some worship music, mm. that can be a beautiful, a beautiful thing, mm. right? If you go and ha- get coffee with a friend and share and pray with one another, that spiritually refreshing you for the job, for your business, Mm. the job that you have, rather than just trying to run away 
from yes, that job, that's the thing. right? Yeah, it's fueling right. you. It's not, right. I'm going to get a break from my kids, right. but it's, can I get a break and center myself and prepare myself better to go back and then shepherd these little yeah. lives uh, that have been given to me? Um, and then with prioritizing, you just start with your relationships, right? Your relationship with the Lord first mm-hmm. and foremost, and then your husband, if you're married, and then your kids, if you have them, and then your church family and your coworkers and your neighbors and start there. Because sometimes I think we are, we're not minding our own business. Hmm. You know, you scroll past an argument on social media. Is that your business? <laughs> it's not your business. Like right. just keep scrolling right. or, or get, off, get off the app, you know? Right. Uh, find out, I think that can be really calming. A lot of the overwhelmedness comes from trying to do so many things or to a standard that somebody else has set that God has instead. What so is, what so is we, God's brought, we brought it upon ourselves in that I, sense, right? A lot we, of we've, it. we've invited it into our lives and then we complain about it. Right. Which is interesting, right? Right. And so yeah. if you don't like it... Uh, yeah, draw boundaries. Stop. <laughs> right, draw healthy boundaries. And listen, I, I, think, I think Tani said it really, really well. Start with perspective. Realize that, okay, it could be worse, but we also don't want to diminish the fact that people are going through real things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what does the Bible say about that? What does James say about that? Can we Count consider it joy? joy? Right, yeah. can we consider it a joy? Why? Why would it be joyful for me to go through this difficulty with my yard? Well, because I'm learning endurance, mm. right? So I can persevere. Slowly, we might add. Slowly, Slowly right. So, <laughs> so, and I've said it multiple times out loud to Tanya, this is part of, we're being sanctified here. It's frustrating, Amen. but it's part of the sanctification process. God is teaching me something through it. You know, Peter says, don't be surprised when these mm-hmm. ordeals happen mm-hmm. in your right. life. Why? We, we literally in America expect our days to just go smooth with no obstacles. Yes. And we wake up every day planning our lives in order to avoid every trouble. And that's, and that's actually a wise thing to do. But when it comes into your life, then, okay, all right, Lord, what do you want to teach me through this? Amen. Mm. We have been shielded. You mentioned earlier, Jeff, there's a, a softness mm. to this generation. Yeah. Uh, and I would say particularly to our culture, there's a softness. Because like Tanya, as you mentioned in Haiti, these kids who don't know where their next meal is going to come mm-hmm. from or where they're going to be safe tonight mm-hmm. are not soft the way that we are. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, they're they're choosing joy in the midst of hardship and rejoicing in who God is, even though there's great calamity on their doorstep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that perspective is really helpful, uh, not to diminish the hardship that we're going through, because I don't think that those kids are unaware. I mean, I know for a fact, Greg's and the team has walked them through their their emergency response. Mm-hmm. They know what they are to do if uh, if they get overrun mm-hmm. by a gang or by uh, an intruder. And they've walked through those. So they're not unaware. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not like a, an ostrich with its head in the ground, mm-hmm. not paying attention to what's going on. But they're not letting that rule the mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. They're focused on who, who God is. I mean, Jeff, we've been in the Psalms now for, for a while. Mm-hmm. And we see this theme over and over again, recounting what God has done. Right. Recounting what he's going to do. Right. Looking at not just what he has done and, wh- and even where we are today, but looking what's down the line. You know, what is this deferred hope that we're, we're pressing on towards in Christ? Um, you know, probably the only thought I would add, I love everything you guys are talking about from practicing the one another's perspective, being in the word, uh, being with, with God in it, not, not apart from him in our own strength. I, I take people to Jeremiah 17 constantly hmm. uh, and not because, you know, we talk about the heart is deceitful. I don't even get there. We, we look at <laughs> verses five through eight. And we talk about the, the cursed man who trusts in his flesh mm-hmm. and the blessed man who, whose trust is Yahweh, yeah. whose trust is God himself. And the result of that faith described there 
is that when the heat comes, when the difficulty comes, they're still producing fruit. And you have Jesus a good while later talking about producing fruit, the fruit of righteousness. And so in that, we see that this, this fruit that comes is not, it doesn't come in just the rainy season. It doesn't come when the weather's all cool. It's coming even when the sun is scorching and heating and things seem like they're burning, fruit is being produced. And so, Jeff, even as you were talking about the sanctification of whether it's home repair or, you know, whatever difficulty can come upon our life, that is producing fruit. It's producing fruit and helping us to remember, okay, who is God? What has he done? What are we, how are we to respond? Any closing thoughts you guys want to give on, on just helping people addressing weariness God's way? Well, just remember that that passage from Jeremiah 17, which is so good. The reason why that person produces fruit in the heat of summer is because he's a tree planted by the stream. So he's being fed by the word. And so it's a parallel with Psalm 1, right? This idea of being deeply rooted by the stream of living water. And, and, and that's, what, that's, what, that's what gives us the strength to move, to move forward in the midst of difficulty. When we feel empty, we go, no, I, I can't be empty right now because I have responsibilities and a calling and the spirit will strengthen me to do this. Yeah. And I would say, just don't fall for the lie that you need to isolate. Um, mm. had a call the other day from somebody and this person was really struggling and talked for about an hour. And at the end of the hour, I was like, do you feel better? She's like, I do. I actually feel better just just talking. And so there's this um, release that can happen. I mean, of course, we're hopefully praying and sharing scripture and encouraging one another with what is being said. So it's not just a matter of empty words into, uh, into the universe, but being able to talk through things helps us calm, helps us, okay, all right, I start seeing this. I start, you know, so processing and be, but being open to be talking about it um, and not just going, oh, you know, they're going to think less of me if I go through this or I'm ashamed of the fact that I'm struggling with this. So talking it through and being open and honest with people is key. Obviously then there's steps of, you know, incorporating the Lord and bringing him into it and, and leaning into the Holy Spirit and trusting God's promises and, and practical steps that you can come up with with somebody to say, okay, you know, I think too, it's like we make mountains out of molehills, there's a, but mm-hmm. there's like 10 molehills. So it does add up to a mountain <laughs> and it's overwhelming and you just don't even know what step to take first. So talking through with somebody you might be able to say, okay, some action steps, baby steps. We're just going to work on these two things today, shelve the other eight. But for now, we're just can deal with those mm. two things can really be helpful. That's good. Yeah, when I saw the topic, I immediately thought the passage in Galatians 6, um, which says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that he will also reap. And for the one who sows to his flesh, he'll reap from corruption of the flesh. The one who sows of the spirit will reap the spirit. And do not let us grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Mm. And so not being weary is actually a command Mm -hmm. of scripture if we Mm -hmm. look at it. And it's a command, I would take great comfort in that God doesn't command us to do anything we're incapable of doing. He gives us a command and then he gives us the ability to obey that command. So if we believe that God has given us what we need for life and godliness, then come back to him, come back to the Lord, listen to his word, listen to his spirit and listen to the body. You know, and in that, I'm so thankful for that call, Tanya, because that's what we need to do. And I'll say to any women specifically out there, if you're weary, call a sister, mm-hmm. call a mentor, mm-hmm. talk it out. If you need to talk it out, you'll feel better. Have her pray for you. Get in the word. Have her read some scripture to you. Um, 
And then go talk to your husband or a man in your life because this is the one area, not the one only, but a great area where the men that don't listen, they just want to solve the problem. <laughs> That's helpful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's helpful here. Mm-hmm. Go talk to a girl who will just listen. Right. And then ask a man, what can I do? Because, and especially if you're a mom who's overwhelmed, I guarantee you, your husband is going to be able to help you specifically for your home, find ways, practical steps to, to ease that weariness mm. and to get you back plug, plugged in um, to the, the living water, what you need to be. Mm. So like complementary relationships? <gasps> what? Oh my goodness. This sounds like an unshakable series. <laughs> Let's do it. Over here. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, uh, Jeff, Tan, Jess, thank you for helping us take on this tough, tough subject. Friends, we pray that your hearts have been encouraged and, and uh, really, well, if we go with the tagline, renew your minds, reform your hearts, and we'll see you next time on The Thinking Tree.